0: Block Talk Radio.
1: You already know what it is. We're getting it in. We're going to talk sports. Super Bowl recap. All that good stuff. Stay tuned. Here we come.
2: What about tomorrow? Time for us to start winning is now. Now. Now.
3: now. Hey, they don't like us, we don't like them. Nothing wrong with that, all right? Right, 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 right? At the end of the day, it's the same three things you've had to do in 35 that you got to do now in 2018.
4: I do not see no holes on this wall.
3: you got to run the ball.
4: off the left side, here go!
5: Stop the running. Tyreek Hill lines up in the
3: backfield. The ball pops free, and it's recovered by Harrison. A snack for David Harrison early, early, early. And you got to pressure the passer. Went in, holds it down, down he goes. And an early sack by Olivier Vernon. Burnett. Burnett, burnett. Two kinds of players in this league, folks. There are guys that play professional football, and there are professional football players. And the professional football players are the guys we want. I don't want guys that want to win. I want guys that hate to lose. Odell oh, Beckham Jr. down the sideline for the touchdown.
0: Touchdown. Touchdown. Touchdown.
3: Touchdown. 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 Touchdown.
0: touchdown! Giants fans, you are now listening to the hottest show on the planet, the
1: Shakedown.
0: Here to give you everything you need to know on your New York Football Giants are. Black Friday. Black
1: Friday. Welcome to the New York Football Giants, Saquon Barkley, a.k.a. The Golden Child.
2: <laughs> easy to easy to do you
3: know who Alec Overtree is? Like, I'm asking you for real. Really? really? Me. But do you know who he is? J-Rock, J-Rock, J-Rock. You saying
0: we
2: going 16 or huh? 16 or bro. How dare you say anything <laughs> worse? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Out your mind. You, <laughs> You know
0: he just to uh,
4: the Messiah. Holy the, messiah, the messiah. Can one and only Shakespeare Montana. Now if that man was a prospect like a Peyton Manning or a Joe Montana, like I've been saying the whole fucking time, you don't pass up on this talent. You don't do it. You don't do it. You don't do it.
0: Now here is your host, Shakes Montana.
1: As you can tell, I am not Shakespeare, Montana. Uh, This is Nacho Average Tuesday's. Not Nacho in the box here with y'all right now. Uh, We are going through some of the highlights of the weekend. Uh, There was a UFC fight. We won't talk too much about that. Just go over it a little bit. Uh, But there was a big game. Uh, There was a big game. The Super Bowl was on, uh, and that was... I like to get up 30% off my auto insurance was a safe pilot. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, uh, that was the Super Bowl that happened yesterday or Sunday. And um, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to go over offense, defense, what went wrong, what didn't went wrong, who was the best, who wasn't the best. Um, But as we all know, uh, there was something that I think a lot of people didn't, see, didn't want, didn't want to see, didn't think they were going to see happen, um, but uh, let's see here one second, I'm trying to bring up everything on the computer at the same time, so give me one second as I get up in here, uh, get everything situated, get everything correct, um, I think we do have Shakes Montana on the line with me, is that correct, you with us buddy, or are you in the background waiting for uh, the show to get cranking?
4: I'm in, bro, what's going on, man, peace, God.
1: Please go. Please go. Nothing really. I um, uh, don't really have. Um, I don't want to get you too much started because there is just the one game. Let me get the box scores up here uh, so we can get that going. Um, there was a a UFC fight on Saturday night. Uh, real quickly, did you get into that? Where you happened to? Uh, watched the UFC on Saturday night at all, or or, or were you uh, not intertwined with that?
4: No, I ain't checked it out.
1: Okay, it's not a big deal. It's not a.
4: Uh, uh but was it good? Like, obviously, it must have been something because you you mentioned it and bringing it up. So.
1: Yeah. Um. So technically, we are. Um. You know, we are a sports show. We like talk about everything.
4: Um, there was a Super Bowl. Uh,
1: I will get into that. I will get uh, fully immersed in that situation. I want to get uh, everyone's thoughts on it. But on Saturday night, there was a UFC fight that went down. Um, it it really was, um, what I would like to say, uh, a pretty good card. Um, if you want to see the results, check those out. But the main, the main Robert Whittaker-Israel Adesanya fight Um, was, I think, everything we all thought it was going to be. Robert Whitaker was just not good enough uh, in the first round, really uh, set the tone for Israel, and it just was a good fight, five-round fight. Unanimous decision for Israel, but um, it just gives to uh, light how good the kid is, how good Sal can get the job done any way he wants to, although Robert Whitaker uh, tried his best and did take him down a couple times. Um, It was just a great fight. It was just good, good, good business. Uh, All around. So yeah, not not, not like it was an amazing knockout or uh, you know an astonishing finish, um, but that's just the way it goes. So um, before we get started here, got a little audio. I um, want everyone to
4: I I wanted to say something real quick about this. Like speaking of the octagon and everything, of course I didn't see it, but um, of course you know I, I watch wrestling. I watch a lot of wrestling and two wrestlers that actually spent time in the octagon went at it for the heavyweight title and i'm Mm -hmm. telling you that match was even better than you probably even thought or believed that that match was good man you're talking about two uh behemoth goliath type of figures in the wrestling world but they're serious they like it's not just wrestling we whip ass for real and they went in the octagon and proved it and so these guys in the wrestling ring had a match and it was like kind of like a, a dream match it's, it's kind of like lebron versus michael jordan it's like mike tyson versus muhammad ali you know what i'm saying like dream match with brock lesnar and um, Bobby Lashley, it was awesome, man. If you didn't see that match, please go watch it, man. It was awesome. It was great. But also in that, that pay-per-view, we had another person from the Octagon, Ronda Rousey, is back in the WWE after having a baby and all that whatnot. So it's getting a little interesting in WWE, even though they're firing a lot of people and the AEW just picking them up like, thank you. But, you know, <laughs> um, it, it's... It's definitely WrestleMania season, and um, you know I just wanted to bring that that match up because you spoke of um, UFC, and that reminded me of that. Like, oh man, that match. So yeah, I just wanted to mention and bring that up. But, yeah, Precisely.
1: But, and when you, and when you're as big as the WWE, letting go a lot of the people they let go. Of course, they're never letting go of the big names. Uh, they're letting go of some talent. Don't get me wrong, but look, they need a. Target to their Walmart, so to speak, and make a Burger King to their Wendy's. They need a competition. Um, I think we all know how great it was when WCW and WWE were going at it. So I uh, can't wait to see how that goes. And, of course, an elimination chamber this upcoming weekend in Saudi Arabia. Uh, but here we go. we got some audio I want you guys to hear, and then we're going to talk about the game.
0: Pass, got it, Touchdown. Man.
6: Got to tell you, in a pressure situation, I don't know if I have ever seen anybody be better than Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. They had no choice.
1: So, so that is the game uh, leading uh, the game. Was it? I don't. The go ahead. There we go. The go-ahead touchdown uh, for Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup uh, in the Super Bowl there, um, th- th- that is the, the drive um, that-, that everyone was talking about that Matthew Stafford needed to go on um, to uh, win the game. Uh, and then, of course, there's going to be here one second. Give me one second here. I want to get these perfectly timed up here. Boom. There's going to be a set of plays here we're going to listen to. It is Al Michaels, and it is, uh, Troy, so you may not hear too much of it. Uh, but here we go. Get a rebound. It's on the ground and close.
0: Burrow
3: trying to keep it going. Gets spun down, gets it away, and incomplete. It looked like De'Ron might have had a shot to make the grab, but the Rams now. Running down to celebrate with a defensive play. Guess who? Of course. I mean you don't even have to think about it.
6: Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger.
1: Aaron Donald there at the end with the um game ceiling pressure. Um Matt Joe Burrow trying to get the football away, unable to get the football away, uh, to um, to Samajit P. Ryan. We do have to talk about some of the placements of players, of when they were in, when they weren't in, why people weren't in. Uh, We'll get into that later. Um, But as we get into this, um, that is pretty much the the gist and the jive of the game. Um, The uh, Los Angeles Rams take... Uh, take the football down the field, score a touchdown. Um, You know, we can get into maybe a a ref trying to make his presence known. We can get into the the great plays of the defensive side of the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals throughout the entirety of that game. Let's not forget we have two high-powered offenses that were struggling to score 20 points. Took one team into the final minutes to get over 20. So, um, defense on both sides of the football playing very well, um, except for maybe one corner who led up 160 yards and two touchdowns. Other than that, man, defense across on both sides um, and, and they just did their thing. Um, I, I would definitely have to say right now we're gonna have, we're gonna have a big discussion, um, especially if you read the title line uh, because everyone's apparently getting a gold jacket after this game. Um, but we will talk about that as well. Uh, And here we go. Uh, I deleted that page I opened up with the scores and the box scores. So uh, give me one more second to pull that up. I'll get that read. We'll get everyone's thoughts and opinions uh, and and feelings on the game. I'll get some post-game presser conference from the Super Bowl MVP as well as uh, the Super Bowl starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford, after winning their first Super Bowls. Uh, Matthew Stafford in thirteen years. I think Cooper Cup in eight or seven. I can't remember. We'll get into that as well. Um,
4: scores.
1: Bada boom, bada bing.
4: All right, so, so let me say this though real quick. Go ahead. Um, first off, I seen, and of course, this was my this my son. Um, this is when we first started the shakedown and everything. Um, we, we had got Beckham this year, um, but I was a I was a big guy and prop- proponent to uh, getting, a, or advocate, should I say, to getting um, Mike Evans. But I knew that he would be gone by the time we got there. You know, I knew he'd be gone probably about seven in that draft. But I said, that's my guy, right? But not only that, I'm like, all right, well, you have no shot at Evans who you want. And the guy that I was enamored with, that when I seen him, I said, oh, good God my, he's going to be a fucking legend, okay? Aaron fucking Donald, okay? And I came and I went on BBK and I gloated about him and I, and I bigged him up and everybody was like, ah oh, man, Donald is his son, right? And he came into the league and didn't disappoint me at all. Came in and and immediately seen or if he didn't take claim then, he's definitely now the best player in the league. And so I am so proud and happy that he has won a ring. But not only that, not only that, to big up someone that is not my son, but I liked him coming out in the draft too. I was not against him, but Cooper Cup. You know, as a child, when you play football in the in the, in the park and when you play football in the playground. And, and you probably even playing by yourself, you know, just practicing. And you say, oh, to the 20, to the 30, to the 40, to the 50, to the 60. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you do all that shit, right? You're a little kid and shit. You know what I'm saying? So when you do all that and then you hit the touchdown, and you say, where's the Super Bowl? You want the, the game winning catch. We all do it for cup. To actually have that opportunity for Cup to state claim that he's probably one of the best wide receivers in the game today. He almost had two thousand yards, y'all. Okay, he was like forty something down, right? So you basically say he had two thousand. For a person to have that type of season, man, that's a dream season for anybody. So shout-outs to him on a marvelous freaking season, man. And then Matthew Stafford for shattering that, oh, user a choke artist off your, your your repertoire. You can't say he choked anymore. Pause. Because he's a champion now. Right? He's a champion, and we should talk about him as one of the best or at least today, (laughs) Uh, one of the best quarterbacks today. Um, Not the greatest of all time, but he was one of the best in this era, one of. So shout-outs to Stafford. And then um, last but not least, OBJ. OBJ. Now, first of all, I am so happy that he has a ring. He's a giant at heart. He is ours. You know what I'm saying? We love him. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. I came on these airwaves and asked, was he washed up? Right. I came on these airwaves and asked, is it him or is it Baker Mayfield? He came and he went to L.A. and he did his thing. Touchdowns, touchdowns, he had six or some whatever, touchdowns, right? Had a 100-yard game in the playoffs. Scored a touch, the first touchdown in the Super Bowl. And then no contact, he gets hurt. He's done. ACL, PCL, whatever the shit is, the boy is done, okay? So this is his last little hurrah to get his little contract, and I hope he gets his contract. He already made enough money. He good on that part. But this is your last contract. You better back out and make it last forever because it is over for him. He's going to be one of those guys that will be a third, fourth wide receiver on the damn team and he'll be a shell of himself if he don't sit there and retire. Exactly. But the boy is done, all right? Put a fork in him. He's done. And I know all you Beckham fans want to cry and say, oh, don't talk about him. I'm like, that, oh, you're disrespectful. No, I'm not. I'm just telling y'all what it is. The boy is done. Great career. You're ending it off with a ring. Wonderful. Go out. Go out on the sunset or something. But I'm telling you, I do not want to see you a shell of yourself coming out on that field. And that's exactly what you're going to be because you're done. Okay? That's all I'm going to say. shout out to the Rams for being champions, winning that shit. They deserve it. Like I've been saying for two weeks now, they deserve it. And I'm happy for all my sons that one rings over there because I got a lot for them. And that's it. I'm out of the way.
1: All righty. Um, we'll get into the game now. Um, yeah. All right. That was, uh, uh, as we look at the game here, it's a 23-20 victory for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 26 for forty-two hundred eighty-three 283 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, uh, sacked two times, uh, total yards 60.8 and a rating of 89.9. Uh, Cooper Cup, we won't talk about that. That was his uh, passing stats. Sorry about that. Um, Rushing stats for the Super Bowl winning team. Uh, Total team stats, 23 carries, 43 yards. Uh, Total rushing stats for the Super Bowl winning team, again, rushing, uh, the most important part of the game, apparently, Uh, 43 total yards for the Super Bowl winning team. Uh, And then, of course, Cooper Cup, eight catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns for the Super Bowl MVP, OBJ, two catches. 52 yards and a touchdown, um, and then of course uh, where that's about it. They're running out the rest of the, the rest of them. Daryl Henderson, Bryson Hopkins, and Van Jefferson out there getting a few catches for themselves um, in the football game on the losing side. Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, 22 for 33, 263 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. The big number here: seven stacks uh, for 43 yards total. QBR 39.7 although that passer rating 101.0. Uh, so there we go. Okay, and the leading quarterback uh, of both teams yesterday, Joe Mixon one for one six yards and then a touchdown of his own, a 100 quarterback rating and a 131.3, uh, uh, or one point, 131.3 quarterback rating and a total TBR of 100 for Joe Mixon there. Uh, and then, of course, the losing Super Bowl team, uh, 20 total carries, 79 yards Uh, for them. That would be 15 carries, 72 yards for Mixon. Everyone else sprinkled in a few yards there. And then, of course, T. Higgins, four receptions, 100 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Uh, and then Jamar Chase, five receptions, 89 yards, no touchdowns. Majority of that on apparently a very good cornerback, Jalen Ramsey, but I don't know who gives that up, but whatever. Uh, and then we keep on moving, and that'll be it. There's some defensive stats here we all know. Uh, what happened defensively, we don't want to get too far deep into that. Now, as a whole, we could talk about this game um, as it pertains to the way uh, it played out. Um, and, and, and as we get into uh, the way that the end of the game went, you know, punt, Bengals, touchdown Rams, uh, turnover on downs, end of game. Um, but before that, it wasn't much ado about nothing. Pump, 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 pump from, from both teams. Uh, through the entirety of the third and fourth quarter, uh, like I said, defenses stepping their game up on both sides of the football uh, until late there when one team needed to drive. Matthew Stafford, the uh, the guy who couldn't get it done, 15 plays, 79 yards uh, with no receivers, but Cooper Cup out there uh, getting a game go-ahead touchdown, 23 to 20 sealing that game, and then Aaron Donald boys doing what they need to do um, and getting the stop there at the end of the game. Uh, Los Angeles Rams, you're Super Bowl champions. Um, it is a a weird Super Bowl that we got to watch, um, a Super Bowl game that didn't seem as it was a Super Bowl game. Um, both these teams do not wow you in either way, um, and you just sit there and you watch as, as guys got hurt and uh, the game progressed and we saw another game that just was not good. Um, the difference being last year, no fans. This year, with fans? Man. At least you had Brady and Mahomes last year. This year, you get these guys. So it is what it is. Um, NFL fans robbed of uh, some great Super Bowl uh, chances, uh, but this is what one we got, and we got to live with it. And man, game's over, and we move on. Um, as, we, as we watch the game, internet like you know knows I'm Hispanic. They want to play my music. No. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, we'll get we'll get back into that right now. Uh, but as we talk about this game, we will get into the nuances a little bit. We only have about thirty five minutes to talk about this game until we get into uh, the offseason talk. That I had a, cu- a couple questions for the gentleman here. Um, but either chosen one, you were not uh, spoke. You have not spoken uh, since we got on here. So let's go ahead and get your opinion on the Super Bowl. Uh, what you thought of it, how you thought of it, if you want to break down the personal players you loved and didn't love and how you feel about them, that is also um, warranted just, you know, how you feeling, feeling, um, what's going on. And, of course, 23-20, Los Angeles Rams winning their second Super Bowl in 22 years, 21 years, I think it is, um, with Matthew Stafford and them boys. You with us, E?
2: Absolutely, brother. First of all, peace to the gods, peace to the herbs. Happy
1: Tuesday, not
2: your average Tuesday. 914 is the number to call in. Hashtag the Shakedown on the Twitters. Y'all know what's up. Um, yo, wonderful game, and um, I'm only just going to go off theories. And my theory was this. That matchup between Jalen Ramsey, Jamar Chase, it never really got to chance to materialize. Because they moved, they didn't move Ramsey off one side of the field. So whenever they tried to create a mismatch, they put Chase on, um, on other 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 um, cornerbacks. So I really wanted to see that matchup, mano Imano. But when the matchup did happen, it seems like Chase did do a great job, but he kept him out of the end zone for whenever that was the matchup. So you know that was pretty. Mediocre to me. I wanted to see more because it was my son versus Shakespeare. And, you know, I wanted to see what that was about. But i tell you the one thing that I definitely spoke about and I'm going to talk about, and you know how I was going to add it for a I wanted to see if that defensive line of the Rams was going to brutally beat down that offensive line of the Bengals. That offensive line held up in very, very tight football situations but what my thought process was this. Getting to Joe Burrow was going to be the issue because it shortens the field for the Rams. And if you guys think about it, in the second half, when the defensive line started to really tighten up, and let's say it, Aaron Donald and Von Miller started to get after him and actually get to him. Both of
4: my sons. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead.
2: It, changes, it changed the complexion of the game because now they're punting from the 15, 17, and the field position switches as opposed to the Bengals when they do something, if Matthew Stafford is driving down the field but doesn't get a field goal, he's already up to the 40, 45-yard line on a stall drive, and he's kicking down to the end zone. So that came true for me, which is I wanted to see if Joe Burrow could overcome those long drives, For the most part, he's overcome those all season, and he's gotten away. He's been able to bounce back from lost yardage when it comes to those sacks. But at some point, it just wasn't enough. And that line didn't hold up when he needed them to the most. And that's what we all talked about, but I talked about it a lot, and that's what it came down to. Cooper Cup is a stud. There's nothing to say about that man. I was in the chat room a little earlier. I'm not going to go over the comments that were said because I don't give my energy to that. Right now, Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in the NFL. It doesn't matter how anybody feels about it. You can personally choose who you want to be better than him on next year's game day. But as far as the 21-22 NFL season, Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Stat. And facts. He's a Super Bowl MVP. When is the last time a a, a wide receiver won an MVP? If I'm not mistaken, I think it was the all time great Jerry Rice. I might be wrong. Somebody help me.
4: San Antonio, right? Okay. You know
2: what? To me, in my mind, okay, he did. We can move forward. (laughs) Whatever. You know what I mean? But it was not this. This man's entire season was what my brother alluded to when he said a dream come true. He was nowhere near the second in anything. He was the first in everything, including the playoffs. A wide receiver dreams these things. There are going to be guys who are going to be better than him, but they're not going to have as great a season as he had. Let's give him the love. Let's give him his flowers let give him what he deserves. He definitely fought double teams and triple teams. That's who we're talking about. This man's secondary wide receiver in Odell Beckham Jr. went down, and he took the game over when he needed it to. He got separation when he needed it to. He made clutch catches when he needed to, and he's the Super Bowl MVP. He had the best season of a wide receiver and God knows how long. The man is a stud. The Rams' defense came through and locked it down and shut it down. And that's what the Super Bowl was about. Defense
1: wins championships. And if Matthew Stafford doesn't find Cooper Cup, they lose the game. But as we, as we move to this game as an entirety, we've got about 29 minutes. No, left rewind that game. back. I want to make sure I heard you correct, bro. Rewind that back a little bit. Would you say um, before Aaron Donald could do anything, he needs his offense to score points so he can do his thing. But as as we get to this game in its entirety, as we look at the game as a whole and all the intricacies that go on throughout the game, and I know people are going to talk about um, why some P rhymes in in the third and fourth down at the end of the game. We're going to talk about, you know, the way that both teams were, the inability for both teams to move the football for the better part of the third and fourth quarter until the end of the game. Um, and the fact that whether you want to glorify a, a statistical season or not, or to demify it or whatever, or whether you want to talk about it, OBJ was on the route to going maybe 180 to 200 yards and three touchdowns, and they run away with this game. By two three by two, maybe you know eighteen points, and he's your Super Bowl MVP, so um, to me, look, I'm never going to sit here and talk about Cooper Cup in a defaming way that is going to take away from the talent that I watch every single Sunday um, when he goes out on the field. Um, I just watched a game where I saw the same thing I saw every time I watched the Rams. They have one of the most brilliant-minded NFL offensive coaches we have ever seen, possibly since Vince Lombardi, possibly since John Madden, and that is Sean McVay. These guys were not running the greatest crisp routes we've ever seen. They were running regular routes, and the way that he has constructed and made these things, the way Three guys run this way and two guys run that way, and one guy does this, and now he just runs out and wide open, wide open. Not taking anything away from any receiver that's going to join the Rams in the future that's on the Rams right now. But we also have to, in the same breath, realize that these players are put in the perfect positions because their offensive coach was out there doing his damn thing again. And, and again, coaching is so huge in this game. As much as players are going to get the credit as duly deserved for putting their you know guts on the line every Sunday for us, Saturday sometimes in the in the postseason, it is it is it is a it is a detriment to not mention what Sean McVay was able to do, um, and then of course what they were able to take advantage of defensively against one of his pupils in Zach Taylor, it's a lot different you know going up against someone you taught, than going up against Tom Brady and you know. So Belichick, um, he can only score three points. But, hey, look, this is Sean McVay doing his thing. We watched it all year long, and he just kept doing it. They get OBJ, and they lose Robert Woods, and nobody bats an eye. You go, oh, well, they're just going gonna, gonna to take them a few weeks to get acclimated, and they'll get right on track, and that's exactly what happened. So, again, uh, deserving is a really, really funny word. Um, I think... We get a lot into hyperbole when we use that word. Um, you see a guy like Matthew Stafford spent 12 years in, in a horrendous situation at the Lions, and, and he's deserving. Okay, maybe, you know, you look at Cooper Cup, um, and you look at that Rams team who had an opportunity with one of the most high-powered offenses to win a Super Bowl, and they muster up three whole points. Are they, you know, do they deserve to win? Um, who knows? Um, a deserving is such a powerful word, but, you The team that did everything they needed to do at the right opportune times did it. A player in Matthew Stafford, who was told for 12 years he isn't a good quarterback because he couldn't win playoff games and he couldn't win uh, consistently in the regular season, wins 12 games in the regular season and four playoff games in a row for his first ever Super Bowl. So, a look, a change of scenery, you move from whatever kind of mess they have in a coaching staff in Detroit to Los Angeles, I think, I, think, I think we can all assume some people are going to be better. And if you're already good, you might be elite. So uh, Matthew Stafford's got a case coming up, and he's only, what, 33, 34 years old. We will see what the next four or five years hold for him if he's able to stay in L.A. and that team is able to do the things that they do. Again, they don't care about first-round picks, second-round picks. Uh, they will get rid of those in a heartbeat to add on to the team. So uh, we do have Lou on the line with us. Lou, sir, sorry for making you wait for so long. Uh, almost Thank 10 the foot, my bad. Uh, but, okay, your thoughts on the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP uh, Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. L.A. Rams winning their second Super Bowl, Matthew winning his first in that 13-year career. Blue, your thoughts oh, you on the
5: mean, Super Bowl? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant somebody else. No. Now, there's been a lot of controversy about who should get the MVP. I mean, I think Cooper Coop's uh, performance was, was well worthy of getting it. So, you know, I'm not I'm not too surprised at all. I mean, it's it is kind of surprising when it's um kind of good um, position player because it normally doesn't go to a wide receiver. You're right. But, you know, given you know the best performance, I think it was well-deserved. And I'm just glad that, you know, uh, Stafford finally got a ring. It took him long enough. You know, a great player, but, oh, was he on such crappy teams for all those years. And he went to L.A., got the career as a record, and finally got a title. Thank God.
1: Mm, Precisely. And speaking of those two gentlemen, um, the Super Bowl MVP and Matthew Stafford, we are going to hear from them right now as their post-game interview from right after the Super Bowl. By the
3: magic of television, we have Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup right here. Now, you just saw it. Walk us through it because everyone knew where it had to go, right, Matthew?
6: Yeah, uh, you know, to be honest with you, uh, we kind of switched around who was who on that spot, put Coop outside, and, uh, you know, I was so happy when I came to the line of scrimmage airplane man playing coverage. I was going to put it up to my guy, let him go make a play, and uh, that's what he did. He's and done you, it all you year. You had to hand it to him back on the other side of the 50 on fourth down to try to keep this thing alive. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, no. I, I look, you guys have been – I mean, you have been through – I'm telling you, you should be a, there should be a statue outside of the Detroit Stadium. What you went through, Honor, before we still interviewed you, we talked about how I won a playoff game four in a row. You stared it down, and they needed every inch of all of you, of all of your veteranship, all your leadership, the great throws. How do you feel a month later than he fell a month ago? I feel amazing. This is an unbelievable run. We had uh, such a special group of guys. Uh, just so – happy and, and proud to go to work with them every single day show up and and uh the joy they play the game with and and the way they work and love each other is, is something uh you know i'll never forget and uh the fact that we got it done as a team is i mean it's, it's unbelievable i'm just so happy to do it for so many good guys on our team that, that deserve this
3: you know people marvel at the connection that you two have like man this guy's always he's always looking for him how does it happen I think it's just a lot of time. I mean, we spend an egregious amount of time
7: together, I think, just talking football. Uh, It sounds like an inside joke, too. It's a lot.
6: But we love it. We just have a passion for the game. We love talking ball and, uh, you know, being able to find ways to just be better. I think we talk about, you know, hey, this might not be the
3: perfect look, but we want to make every play work. We want to make every Whatever we have, any options as possible to make it happen, and uh, you know, just being able to have that connection, be able to talk able to those things through. When it happens on the field, kind of being able to see it the same way allows us to kind of you know make those plays and be on that stuff. You know what's interesting? You guys work so much together. Now we got one more thing to work on. Cooper throwing the Matthew. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's it. was I'm just it's you not, know, it it is, you bring it, you bring <laughs> it. <up. laughs>
1: and then obviously yeah, up. yeah, yeah. With the incompletion uh, from Cooper Cup to Matthew Stafford. Uh, they didn't mention the fourth down play. It was the only rush of Cooper Cup uh, from the game. And I think this is why you got the MVP. Again, Aaron Donald deserving, again, the word, um, what of the MVP possibly. I think if that last play is an actual sack and, and Joe Burrow's unable to get that football off. I think we do call Aaron Donald the MVP, or we are looking at Aaron Donald as the MVP today. Uh, Cooper Cup, as much as we talk about the receiving, the great, the two touchdowns, the game-winning, the game go-ahead touchdown there at the end, the fourth-down handoff to Cooper Cup play design again. Sean McVay, amazing runs out to the right, is able to get some blocks, get the first down on a seven-yard run there. Those type of things, I think, is what we're looking at. Again, uh, uh, Julian Edelman. Uh, again, not the great season, but the amazing catch in the Super Bowl to give the Patriots the opportunity to win. Santonio Holmes, go ahead, toe tap. That's those type of things take over the game. Again, um there are other aspects, but um Cooper Cup, I think, deserving of the M V P we can, you know, whether you want to discuss who gets it or who doesn't get it, look, you 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 um the NFL once wanted to give it to Matthew Stafford. If Matthew Stafford doesn't throw if the guy doesn't tip that one with his hand and he actually catches that football and he only throws one interception, I think we're looking at Matthew Stafford because he's the quarterback, because he's the glamour, because that's what happens in the NFL. I think he's the Super Bowl MVP. The fact he threw two interceptions uh, to three touchdowns, the fact that Cooper Cup was you know flawless in everything he did and he was able to stay healthy the entirety of the game, and then of course Aaron Donald for whatever it was, they were non-existent in the first half. Uh, Cooper Cup was there the entirety of the game, and, and we could talk about Aaron Donald showing up when he showed up. But uh, this is MVP of the whole game, and I think for the entirety of the game, that was Cooper Cup. Aaron Donald showing up in the big moments at the end in the second half. I think six sacks for that entire Rams defense in the second half, seven total over the whole game. That means they didn't get to Joe Burrow once in the first half, but that's why they had a lead uh, going into the fourth quarter. So, uh, look, man, we're gonna we're gonna talk. Um, about 15, 20 more minutes about this game. If there's anything anyone else wants to discuss or bring up or um, maybe there's something you, you had on your mind from the game that's bugging you, for sneak now or forever hold your peace. Mm-hmm. I love it. So I was no, just golden, and, and I appreciate it. Go ahead, Lou. Do you have something you want
5: to say? No, it's just, uh, it's just about it, really. But like I said, uh, you know, makes a good you know argument who wants to be MVP, but I still I still think Coop was uh was the right decision there. And the last play of the okay. game where you know where Sintay was trying to make it for the you know to maybe make it to least tie the game <laughs> when that when that happened, I knew the Rams had it right there. Oh yeah, yeah, the,
1: the Rams were able to um, do exactly what they needed to do. For that game there. Um the hell was that? Uh, I got a I gotta have I got another video coming up here. Oh. Uh, we're gonna to listen to a couple guys from that defensive side. I'm gonna one second here, I'm trying to get to the spot. Here we go. And we are there. So um two time Super Bowl and am- 2 time Super Bowl am- two time Super, am- Super Bowl champion. Uh one-time Super Bowl MVP Von Miller, Aaron Donald, one-time Super Bowl champion right
4: after the game. Here we go.
3: <laughs> they know what they're doing, and, you're, and, they are, and they are world champions. World champions. Wait a minute. How oh, does that feel? World. World champs. To, world champions. Uh, football heaven. Uh, <laughs> you said it. You said it.
6: Football Hammond, <laughs> When OBJ <laughs> went down, it felt like that office, your offense bogged down a little bit, and you guys rose up that whole second half. Did you make a speech? Did you? Did everyone just recognize that you know this is the moment? How did you guys handle that second half so well? I think we kind of knew we was going. I think we were playing good football. We just had to find a way to you know, um, you know, continue to pick pressure on the quarterback, make plays, and I think we did that. Man, guys, know up when we needed to, and we found the way to you know,
3: affect the game and find a way to win. So we came into this game looking at the biggest mismatch was your defensive line against that offensive line. How much did you talk about it, and how much did that come to fruition in this
7: game? Um. You know, uh, we knew our defensive line was our strong point and we knew our offensive line had been struggling. We just wanted to bring it to life. Um, it was kind of slow that, that, that first half, but we just kept pushing and kept believing in each other. It opened up in the second half, man, and we, it feels good to go out there and do your job for sure.
3: That, that playing here it, it, at home, did it feel like a home game? You didn't care. It was just
7: your brother. No, oh, the, the bad, man. crazy went nice, crazy. It was crazy. That went crazy, but it was loud for both sides. It was loud for both sides, man, and I'm just so proud of these guys, oh, man. man. We done fought through all types of adversity this whole season. The end of this game felt like the
6: end of the San Francisco 49ers game. I was going to say the championship game and this game, you guys, the defense had to come. You had to claw your way back into the game, and you guys allowed that from a defensive perspective.
7: Yeah, man. It's just – it's just an honor and a privilege to be here with these guys, man. This is, this is God's plan. Um, I just want to thank God. It's been a, a crazy season, you know, to start out in Denver, end up in here playing with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, man. To come here with all these guys, man, it felt like the Pro Bowl every day. Um, the culture is great here. Uh, I just want to thank God for putting us in a situation and for, the, for allowing us to get the win.
3: Aaron, you were here, like, you, you planted the flag a long time yeah. ago, you know, here with these raps. One by one, seemingly maybe more than one at a time, these guys were coming in through the door this year. If you put it in perspective, wait a minute, we have Vaughn. Wait a minute, we have Stafford. Wait a minute, what the what hell is going on over here? We made a super team. We
6: made a super team. That's what it was.
3: Oh, congratulations. Coach. Thanks, boom. Appreciate congratulations. that. Congratulations. Unbelievable. I mean, he, the now, door you know, kept opening. Who knows? Unless we're bringing in, right? We made a super team.
1: All right, don't want to get too much into that. They, they are going to talk about the super team. Sean McVay hops up on the stage. They're going to start, start talking a couple more minutes about that. Look, uh, this this is what the L.A. Rams did, and this is the kind of how I want to tail end it. Um, and the discussion that we could have here before we get into um, the New York Giants talk and, and their discussions on how to make their team a Super Bowl contending team moving forward and the two ways to go about it. And, and they are on display in the Super Bowl as we speak, um, or as we watched on Sunday, and that is to fuck them picks and not give a shit about your future. Uh, trade away, go get star players, and, and be 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 very very good for the next two, uh, or not two, for the next three to five years, and, and try to go on a run there. And that's exactly what they did: two Super Bowls in the span of four years, winning one of them. Again, if they have a good quarterback outside of Jared Goff in that first one, we might look in at Sean McVay at a two-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback before his 37th birthday. So, um, th- look, this is one way to do it, and, and people are going to talk about this for, for the next years to come, and that the way that Tampa Bay did it last year, uh, the way that they, they have their future coming looking forward now down the turnpike. Um, is this the way you want to go about yeah. it? Uh, will you be happy? Um, we are going to have the discussion moving forward. Lou. I heard you come in. Is that you?
5: Uh, no, no. Uh, no, I just I just uh, heard something here. Uh, not, it's not really. Okay, no worries. And, and, and real quick, and we'll get on this.
1: Um, well, we'll get off the topic. The Super Bowl was a Super Bowl. It is over. The 2021 season yeah. has now come to a close. The Los Angeles Rams are now your defending, reigning, undisputed NFL Super Bowl champions. The best team in all the land, 31 teams went home crying. One team hoist the Lombardi. We move on to the off season. We move on to draft talk. We move on to free agency, who goes where, what goes when, how those things pop up. Do people trade up? Do people trade down? Who decides what? When decides how? As yeah. we move on to draft talk, draft discussions, as we look at um, the the upcoming um, combine and pro days, excuse me, combine and pro days. Um, I have a two-part question I kind of wanted to get into this afternoon, this evening, uh, depending on where you're at in the the greater Americas. We are going to be talking about prospective rookies over the next two months. and Over the next two months, we are going to be talking about these guys as if we have never watched them before. As if none of them have any film to watch. As if, as if these guys are just dropped in our laps, and you know we are told what they're going to be, when they're going to be, and how they're going to be. And we're told by the media scouts, the Todd McShays, and the Mel Kuypers and the Daniel Jeremiah's, and the and anyone you can think of that throws out fifteen to twenty to twenty five to thirty to forty five to fifty mock drafts before right after the draft is over. So we know those guys and we know those things. But the questions I have for you, the first question is going to be, what can we learn from these prospective rookies moving on into the draft that we don't already know on film? And what do you think that these teams can learn as we get to their pro days, as we get to their combines? What are they going to learn from these kids that we haven't already seen on maybe two to three years? of NFL tape mm-hmm. and, 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 and again those things come out of of a, a a a real interesting topic. So that is the first question. We'll get into that and then we'll talk about that and I'll get into the second question later. We are going to start with Lou. Um, Lou, sir, what do you think these NFL scouts, these media scouts can learn in the next two months by seeing these kids in shorts and t shirts that maybe they couldn't have learned just watching
5: their tape. I don't know how much you guys in short and T shirts, but you know you know, learning to watch him, you know, as they um go through drills and practices and uh kind of beating the crap out of each other, you know, it's gonna show these kids kids uh who can make uh, with the NFL. You know, they watch these kids very carefully over the over the years. I mean, I'm no expert but you know, I've i I've watched the uh combine, uh training camps and how these kids perform. You know, some of them I think, you know, have the have the real chance uh to make gangs after the, in the uh, upcoming draft in uh, April, I am not suppose much anything with the USFL though. That's another story though. <laughs> so they can learn. Exactly. They can learn a lot. I mean, the coaches can learn a lot from these uh, younger younger players. You know, I mean, it's usually like well, if like the younger one has to learn from the older, but sometimes I think it can be reversed because uh, I think you know they can learn a lot from the from the uh, youthful players as well. So it's not just the learning experience. For the for the uh, young players, it's a learning experience for the coaches as well, when they go out and see these kids practice uh, all all week and then tonight some the, uh hours when because it really is you know physically grinding um uh, for them and, and 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 the coaches take notice. I even take notice. I, I don't even a coach. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat>
1: yeah. And. and, and uh, <laughs> As I, as we move on here, Shake Sir, um, anything else you'd like to add? What what can these NFL scouts learn in these next couple months? Like I said, that we can't already just see from the NFL, from the film from these players.
4: Well, well yeah. what's up, Lou? What's going on, bro?
5: know you what? were there.
4: <laughs> no, nah, I'm all, I'm here. I'm here. What's good, man? Um, like, listen. There's not a lot that you can learn as far as um game time and all that, right? It's like you you learn more about the player in that aspect. But the things that you do learn about these players in these um combines and pro days and stuff like that, for one is um their athleticism, right? You get to see what their athleticism is. Um, up close and personal. Yeah, you can get that from their coaches and all that, but let's see it up close and personal. Then not only that, you get the measurements and all that of these players, you just get a lot of the vitals down, right? And then last but not least, you get to see how these guys handle pressure. Because these young kids are going into an NFL that's a professional game. You're going from the collegiate level to the professional level. Yeah, you can be the man, just like you was the man in high school, but somebody somebody was the man in high school but ain't do shit in college, right? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so just in that faction, you can be the man in college but don't do shit in the professional realm. So yeah you know I mean it's all about showing or seeing how these kids actually handle pressure. So these are the things that I feel you can learn about watching these um combines, these pro days and learn about what these kids, um their vitals, their their the measurements and not only that how do they deal and handle pressure. That's the main
5: some better than
4: others, though. Of course, that's what makes champions.
1: Precisely. Yeah. Again, this is this is the, the importance of the combine and the pro day. We're getting around to it. Either chosen one and LRP, are coming in here. Don't worry about that. I got. I won't get this off my chest. I think the will. One of the reasons I think those these things exist is not for the fans. Uh, the NFL Combine, the NFL Pro Days, it's not for fanfare. Um, As much as they want to make it for fanfare, as much as they want to let the fans in and make a team as if we're getting to view these things, this has nothing to do with us, I believe, and my heart of hearts. This has everything to do with how they handle standing in front of 15 to 35 cameras, how they handle sitting in front of 15 to 25 microphones and people asking you questions about your performance when all you did was just throw a football in shorts like you've done 15,000 times before but now someone's critiquing the way your left foot looks when you throw a football. Someone's critiquing the way you break off the the whistle on a wide receiver route. So these things, how you handle those situations, how you handle those questions are really looked about. Um, There is a NFL scouting interview, I won't play it, I wanted to, of Baker Mayfield. Um, And if you watch the video, you could. see, the way he carries himself and things of that nature. And it's just not him, there's multitudes of others. So, again, I don't believe that we're looking at, at as much as we want to believe athletic ability in 40 yard and 40-yard times and, and the dashes and things of that nature and the, the drills, as much as I think the teams can use those numbers to maybe help quantify what a player may look like on their team, um, I believe a lot of these teams are looking at the way these, these players handle themselves around other players, around the way they talk to coaches, and then, of course, the way they handle themselves in front of the media. Because as we all know, this is a media-driven league, and this is something that if you can't handle talking to the media and you get pushed over, big markets like L.A. and New York and Miami and, you know, even, the big, even some of the bigger ones, we see it now in Arizona, If you don't got that wherewithal or that thick skin, you could get chewed up and spit out. Either chosen one, are you with us, sir? Yes. Yeah, I didn't think he was. LRP, sir, thank you for joining us. I would love for you to tell me what you think a lot of these teams are really looking for in these pro days, these combines, and, and what we could really tell from these prospective rookies moving into Oops, I got the NFL. Hey, have a good one, Luke. You, you, peace
8: to the guys, peace to the earth. What's going on? Peace out, Luke. Um, I would say it's a bit of everything, you know, for the, for the real fans. How's my audio? I'm good? You are good. Yeah, good, bro. Oh, okay. I would say it's for the all, oh, you know, the real fans anyway. I mean, I watched the Combine, and, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely they forced the issue. I agree with that. But it's definitely um, a spectacle now. Um, as far as what they're looking for, how quickly, you know, they get a a play, you know, or following directions. There's a lot, like, different steps to a drill, mm-hmm. and making sure, you know, they go left instead of right if they heard it, how many times they got to repeat it, you know. Um, Shit like that. How quick following instructions, and like you said, uh, Nacho handling the media interviews, how they handling questions, you know, if they mess up on the drill, how, like you said, it appears to was well, I knew it anyway. I saw it myself. I was hoping that he'd work on it, but I give it more time. But how do they react after a mess up, a mental mistake? How quickly you can get back in the game, forget about it, and who has amnesia and who doesn't? And lastly, how many motherfuckers went to that dude's birthday party? Shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Got brand, so mm. straight Kevin Carson. Mm-hmm. Bo ain't nobody.
1: Bo no Callahan mm-hmm. ain't got nobody. So to his birthday party, bro. <laughs> there's something wrong with. It. He might be a winner though. CBT. I remember
4: look, that. Wasn't it a quarterback? They was asking like, "Why didn't anybody come to your birthday party?" Like, why?
1: What the fuck? Yeah, they. Yeah, he in. <laughs> it is a great movie called Draft Day. Kevin Costner, uh, we all love it. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a a scenario ridiculous. where uh, uh. he had a, he, he had an incident at a restaurant during his birthday party, and through the investigation of Kevin Costner, they found out that at his birthday party. Not a single one of his teammates was there, and those are types of things that we look at as fans and, and things of that nature. Who's with you when you're not, you know, around the team? Are you hanging with your teammates? Are they are they your friends out there? Now again, we don't got to let it get along with everybody. You don't got to be friends with everybody, but I think a lot of that has to be, you know, how how cohesive can the unit be? We just heard four members, two from the defense and two from the offense, talk about. Everybody, Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford talked about Aaron Donald and Von Miller and, and Floyd and all them guys. And, and Von Miller and, and, and Aaron Donald talked about Cooper Cup and OBJ and Matthew Stafford and, and, and the the cohesiveness of a team. And again, if you look on the other side of the field, the Bengals were the same way going into this game, talking about each other and and how much this team loved each other and got along. And I think that is one of those things that we can look at moving forward in this combine in this in in the pro day how well do they get along with others getting you know moving into a new situation again this thing with like the that. pro day and the combine go ahead, e. or no so i
4: was saying speaking of that man like i wonder like if they just put like eli apple in the back of the bus like to itself like you you sit back there yeah. we don't even want to talk to you yeah, you know I man. Mm-hmm. Like, damn.
1: You know, uh, see, see, look. Nobody on the Bengals team cares. Nobody on his teams that he was on before cares. Like, it, it, look. The, those type of players. You know players who he is. That that you want on your team? My bad. Which, dude, yes. I,
8: you know who he is, Nacho and Shakes. He his motherfucking Cuba Gooding before he caught that pass, bro. Everybody on the team hated Cuba Gooding and Jerry Maguire before he caught that pass.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's why, oh, that, 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 did all that celebration, The over celebration.
8: That's
1: that's the apple. there's some there's there's going to be players that 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 people don't like, and and overwhelmingly, there is going to be a, sorry for the pun, rotten apple, in every situation. The the, the problem was great. The, Yo, the
8: how problem, do you go, arrow?
4: the fuck, man, get the fuck up out of here, like, thanks, Eli, Apple, you helped us get to the Super Bowl, and then Hmm. you lost them the Super Bowl,
1: ouch. Yeah, yeah, Um, again, you know, 28 and 30 other teams would would love to say that they had an opportunity to play in that Super Bowl, but, um, look, there is a, there is a, a very overwhelming uh, consensus that if you are an NFL player, you cannot act a certain way. You cannot act as if your shit don't speak, and you cannot act as if, you know, you are the greatest thing since sliced bread unless you're, you know, white. So when you have that attitude, you need to produce. And just going to a Super Bowl isn't good enough. Just making the playoffs isn't good enough. When you have that attitude, you have to win Super Bowl or Super Bowls or be a main proponent of why those things happen. So you have to be able to uh, take the licking, so as they say, um, if you're going to be able to push out stuff like that. And I think the way he's handling it is the way I think anybody else would handle it in the situation. I have that problem being an assholery of prickishness uh, that we can be sometimes. Uh, the arrogance does run, rub people the wrong way, but look, man, uh, you can't be that loud and boisterous and then put up that performance in an NFL game, especially the Super Bowl, and not expect to get reamed and, and talk shit about and memes about and in and, and this day and age be the center of attention. Yeah. Um, but, look, there's yeah. going to be a week, and we're going to see something crazy happen in this NFL, and we're going to forget about it. We're going to move on, and that, that Cincinnati Bengals team uh, will move on moving forward. Let me um, yeah. speak
4: on Zy Apples, though, real quick, like, and this is this is a lesson learned for all young young players and um young kids alike like don't do that, don't count your chickens before they hatch, okay don't do that, don't do that, don't go into a situation talking shit when you are at a disadvantage. You see, I would never do a Martin and make fun of um oh, what was his name uh, Sugar uh, when he lumped him up. I forget his name, but I would never sit there and go onto a basketball court and say. LeBron, you ain't shit. I'm about to bust your ass. Oh, I know exactly who you are. I know your game. I got you. I wouldn't do that. You don't do that. Not even if the player is not on a LeBron level, you don't do that. Because there's a certain thing called karma. And karma is going to bite you. Oh, she going to bite you. She going to bring you right back to earth. Oh, you think you are the shit? Well, let me show you who is the shit. So, Eli Abel, you know you done fucked up, right? You know you don't fucked up. <laughs> don't do that, man. Don't do that, man. And what we are speaking of is he went into... Super Bowl week Said I know who OBJ is I got him Locked in baby He good. And then when the Super Bowl started Baked chicken Baked chicken
1: Parted all over Eli Apple too, and that's exactly what happened. They parted all over the defense, and even though look, we talk about the front seven of the Cincinnati Bengals, they did something that the Rams didn't do. Uh, they built softly, slowly through the draft over the last couple of years, picked up one or two pieces in free agency, Trey Hendrickson. But look, he's not a he's not a Aaron Donald. He's not a Von Miller. He's not one of those guys they're paying twenty five thirty million dollars a year for. They didn't go out and overpay in free agency. They hit on a free agency. Couple free agency pickups and, and and built through the draft. Now again, they had uh, the ability to have top picks in the last couple of drafts, going able from one and four, getting Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase back to back. So look, this is the way of the NFL. There, there seems to be two ways to go about going through winning a Super Bowl. Uh, you can build through the draft, um, and, and 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 you know try to hit on one or two medium to slightly high-priced NFL free agents, and then, look, you can be in a Super Bowl. Um, or you can sell the farm, fuck these picks, and, and go out there and get you Von Miller, get you OBJ off the free agency uh, track. Go ahead and get you some other guys. And even though Robert Woods goes down, you still have Van Jefferson. Higby goes down. You still got the Clemente guy, the Demente, whatever his name is. So, look. Rams did their thing. Now, again, they didn't give away every single pick. They, they had picks in the later rounds. They were able to get, you know, some, some value from those guys, as well as, of course, the sustainable guys that they got. he did sell out a couple years ago to go get Jalen Ramsey again with the fucking picks mentality. So, Giants fans, Giants co-hosts fans. As we move forward, looking to the New York Giants with Joe Schoen and 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 uh, Brian the ball, um, and, and and please can someone just please for the love of God get Brian a tailor and a fucking suit that fits. Um, other than that, uh, let let's just talk about the process in which I think we uh, should discuss the ongoings here now. Top-end picks, two top-ten picks. Um, I do feel like someone on this line said at the beginning of the year that the Giants and the Bears would have two top-ten picks, but that's neither here nor there. Um, So, Giants, Bears, Bears trading that pick away. Now it is the Giants. Number five, number seven, uh, in the 2022 NFL draft, is this a draft to go out and build? Or is this a draft to go out and sell away and give away top picks and try to go after a big-name free agent like a Russell Wilson, go after a big-name free agent like a Devontae Adams, go after a big-name free agent like, say, you know, uh, I think Evans is out there, Uh, Mike Evans in in wide receiver range, Um, and, and cut bait with some of these guys on the Giants, save some money and maybe put it through? Or is it take this team? use these next nine, not drive, nine draft picks and build a team and, and maybe, you know, see what happens at the quarterback position. It's really interesting because I think we have a lot, I have a lot of questions here because I think I feel when I hear and I listen to Giants fan base, that they want a combination of the both. They want to go out and get a big name quarterback as well as pick every draft pick that is going to be correct for the Giants. And, Again, this is the draft, so luckily it's not a crapshoot. Every pick you're going to get is going to be correct, so who knows? LRP, last one to join us, first one to speak on this topic. The New York Giants, should they sell out this year, go all in like the L.A. Rams, or should they take the next couple years and try to build with a high-sustained draft pick and try to move for the future uh, and sustainable winning Lrp, the floor is yours. Whatever. What was the question? So, so pretty much, take the Bengals route. Use these two picks. Go get someone. Go build through this draft. Don't really trade away anything, but build what you you got, and 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 try to you know sustain winning over decades, so to speak, like some teams are trying to do, or sell out. Take five, take seven, go get you a quarterback. Take that top pick in the second round, and you try to trade for a high-end wide receiver and go all in like the Rams, take this team and go try to win a Super Bowl in the next year or two. What route should the New York Giants and Joe Schoen and, and Brian Dable yeah, be? I don't
8: know. Draft a quarterback. Give Daniel Jones real competition, and a new offense, both from starting off from scratch, get you a premier defensive guy with the second, one or a lineman, or, or a lineman, or whatever.
1: You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, so pretty much build through the draft and try to try to create competition at the the the, the quarterback position, uh, and, and try to move forward from there. That is the way the Bengals, I think, have done it. Now, again, they had the opportunity to get the number one overall pick, but I think the ability to go and create competition at the most important position of all of football and then also probably, you know, help sustain him by standing upright with some offensive line um, help or or maybe try to get some defensive help in the second round. So I think that is a, a very sound way to move about it. Now, he's a chosen one. Are you still – are you with us? Are you back with us, sir?
2: Yes, sir. I'm here, brother. Um, update me, catch me up real quick. On Only the last thing that was said, if there was a question. That's all I need. Uh, yeah, no,
1: we're, we're – we're you know, LRP is, you know, kind of – he wants to build through the draft. I don't think he wants to, you know, take these picks and trade them away to go, you know, try to get a high-priced free agent or something like that. So my question to you, E Give me one second here. I gotta take water. Sorry about that. So my question to you, my question to you, eat the chosen one is. Yeah, I've on that that. Was it again? Oh. I just want you guys to know, you know, know that somebody's 80. breaking up really think, bad, so it's clear. Yeah, F- LRP, repeat that, and, and your your audio is a little messy now. How is
8: that better?
1: For, sir.
8: All right. I said I ain't got no issues if they go get Wilson. That was it.
1: And and and, and, and that's what I'm trying to get at here. And E, I don't wanna I don't want to delay the question I'm trying to ask you, but that's that's how I feel a lot of Giants fans feel. That either way is the right way. Either chosen one, do you feel that same way? Go out and trade the picks, go get some free agents, try to win a Super Bowl in the next two years, that's the game plan we could do that, or Use five, seven, rest of nine picks in 2022 and try to build
2: for the future. I do not feel that way because we've never done it. Every quarterback that we've ever had, we had to draft it. And free agent quarterbacks that, for some reason, if this new regime proves me wrong, then they'll prove me wrong. But at this point in time, I don't want to free agent nothing when it comes to quarterback. I want to get a guy who we can homegrown, let him be, get his skills together And become a guy that hopefully one day After winning us a couple of Super Bowls He gets long in the tooth And somebody else wants him as a free agent And we can do it all over again I'm tired of this free agent talk I'm tired of it We ain't even got any agents How the fuck are we going to get some free ones First of all, let's get some things in the building Under Shane, under Dable Let's get that done I'm not against what anybody feels It's what I feel I don't want to free nothing I don't want to cost us nothing because I don't believe that we have a franchise that knows how to build around Russell Wilson unless we do it. You've got to show it to me. I've been, I've been here for how long now? 30 years or over, 30 years of fans. We've been saying the same thing for the last 10 years. Go get this guy. Go get that guy. Let's get this guy. We haven't got no guy. We got Daniel Jones. We don't know what we're doing. So let the guys that's in the building show what they got. Then we can talk like that and do something to change my mind. Because in my mind, we are not doing nothing. And we don't have no bread to be playing around in free agency and setting ourselves back. So let's set ourselves up through the draft so we don't have to be penalized for it later on. Give ourselves three to four years of good living. Build up some of that credibility and go get a guy in free agency if we're not going to be starving like we are now. Right now, the Giants is on ramen noodles and water. No. I don't want nothing that's going to keep caving us down. That's me. Let's build through the draft. Show me something different. Mm
1: -hmm. Shake, sir. You are on the board, the floor, however you want to say it. The mic is yours. Look, man, this is a, a interesting topic to me because it is not the way I my team has gone about things. Uh, High-priced reagents has been something the last couple of years that, that, that they've done, but this just does not happen uh, in Green Bay. I mean, I mean, look, it doesn't happen in Pittsburgh. It doesn't happen in New England. It doesn't happen in Baltimore. Um, you know, those type of things um, don't happen. L.A. does it. Tampa Bay does it. They're the last two Super Bowl champions. You know, those other guys that I just mentioned, you know, haven't really played um, New England 20, what, 2018. So, um, the rest of them way long before that. So, look, those – those um, the thought process, I think, has changed. So the way we go about things is going to be different. But, Shakespeare, you, the New York Giants um, – I think the overall question that that a lot of people have or want to know is not necessarily from you, but can the Giants be a Super Bowl contender in 2022 with the right pieces? And I think that that, that is really the question because that's what a fan base wants, you know. Again, right direction is always a good thing. You know, watching your team move in the right direction, although it may not equate to... Super Bowl victories in the near future, you know, it is what it is. But, shake sir, the floor is yours. Use the draft capital you have to get free agents and the money that, you know, you can move around and release some guys and cut some guys and make some more money and do this and try to put together a team a la Rams style, keep them in the same spot, possibly take five and seven and move up to go get your quarterback or whatever. And build through the next draft of the next year or two with a new GM, a new mindset, and a new head coach, and hopefully see progression as you move forward. floor is yours. You asking me what what
4: was? <clears throat> excuse me. You asking me what would I do going forward if I was a GM? If I'm him?
1: No, 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 no. This is not what you're going to do. This is not what, what you're
4: they. Gonna do. What I think they're going to do. What?
1: What do what, what you think the Giants should do in this upcoming draft? Should they do this? Should they not do that again? It's not what Shakes would do because this is a different, I think that now be a different terminology, but what do you think Joe Schoen and, and Brian Dable will be able to do or want to do moving forward?
4: I mean, you see, that to me, that's kind of like saying the same thing. It's like you ask me what I think they should do, so that's asking me like what I wanna what do. You know what I mean? Now if you asking me what I think they would do, that's a whole different thing. You know what I mean? Like, alright, so basically my my opinion of the whole thing is the roster is not too far away. So I feel you definitely need a franchise quarterback. And you need an offensive line. Now the thing about it is is that I would pay for that franchise quarterback by any means necessary butt naked and all. But I got to make sure that I'm in position in the draft to fix this offensive line. That's my conundrum. Alright? So... Me, I'm taking that seven, and I'm taking next year's first, and I'm whatever draft pick I got to dangle around, and I'm asking the Seahawks, can I please get Obama? And if I can't get Obama with that, me getting butt naked and all, if that's not enough to get him, then, and only then, now I say, go ahead and draft a guy. Probably my thing is trade back at that point and draft that quarterback at number 10 and let him battle it out with Daniel Jones for that number one spot for this year and this year's only. Now if they fail, then great, because I'm going to be in a position to get my Montaigne next year. But, If they succeed, then great, right? Because now I actually found me a franchise quarterback. So, that is how I would go about things. Use that draft pick or those draft picks to try to get that franchise quarterback by any means necessary. And look,
1: I... I... I think the the overwhelming, you know, topic at hand is is is, is one that I think checks hit on pretty well, and the fact that some fans believe um, a team that you know what six four five wins over the last three years is is a couple pieces away from making a playoff run. I, I, the the optimism I see in a lot of fans, and this is not just Jazz, but a lot of fan bases, and, and myself included. Um, it can be kind of dangerous. Uh, look, the, the Bills uh, did not become the Bills overnight. Well, we watch over there. What, what you know, and the reason people wondering why I'm bringing the number, obviously, they have the GM and the head coach that just came from that team. So um, the the Bills didn't happen overnight. It, it wasn't as if Josh Allen came into the league and we all. Watched him and went, oh, well, that guy's going to be the next big thing. We thought, oh, if he doesn't get it together, he will fucking fail. Um, And that hasn't happened. He got it together. He has uh, progressed and progressed and progressed. And I think that is the outlook most Giants fans should have. The reaping of the benefits will not happen in 2022 or 2023. It will be 2024 and beyond. I have a huge, huge, huge... Pause emphasis on the fact that I believe that this GM and this head coach deserve, again, that word, the chances that they are getting and the opportunity they are getting. And they have just come from a place where they watched it happen. They are in total control together. The cohesiveness from GM and head coach is something that the New York Giants have not had for the better part of six to seven years. A a GM and a head coach that are entwined and and work together, know what the GM wants, know what the head coach wants, know what they're thinking, can finish each other's sentences in a cheesy type of way, yes, you need that. You absolutely need that. And that's what the New York Giants have. And I think that if if expectations are tempered, look, is anybody saying that in the next year or two this this team is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals and be in the Super Bowl? Nobody's saying that. Nobody thought the Cincinnati Bengals can do that. So a right pick or two here, right pick or two there, those things can turn around. I think the optimism is because the front office and the head, and the coaching staff are not as inept. Listening to them talk now, as much as they may be inept in F addressing, Brian, get a goddamn tailor, please. As much as they may be inept addressing, in they are very much epped in football. And and I think those two guys need to just get it done, get, get some get some get get a year out of their belt and, and look. If you're looking for this team to take this, you know, five- or six-win season that they've had and turn it around to a 10-win season in a year, you're barking up the wrong tree. Progression is progression, but that is something that I don't think can happen in a year, much as it could in the NFL, because the, that is the NFL, and we all know it. The expectations should be tempered in my eyes. But I think progression is something that Joe Shane, Joe Schoen, however you want to pronounce it, the, that guy and Brian Daniels, I'm going to right there real quick. I'm just going to jump what? in right there. I've been waiting. And, uh, somebody interrupt me. Look, the
8: bow and shown Gaska and Wink. I mean, just want to say those names again. The bow, Stone, Gasker, Wink. I don't think we got anything to worry about. Whatever they decide to do, I think we're going to be all right. If you ask them what they would do or what they're going to do, I don't want to get into those conversations because this is new for everybody. So it would be very just ostentatious to even think that anybody could be on the right track where I absolutely have. Real drivers I'm not doing that this year, but I am confident that they will use the five and the seven for offensive player and the defensive player. That is one thing for sure. You now, Whether that offensive player is the QB or that offensive player carries the RT, or a C or LT, or vice versa, the five for the defensive player, the seven for the offensive player. Either way, and then they'll slowly build this thing, and then we will all then know that what Sean said, we're going to build this offense around Daniel Jones, we will all know by then if that holds true. Anything else? Don't temper expectations, though, Giants fan. Let's not get it twisted of Sam felt the need to speak on our behalf, but still the land of the Giants. Can I jump
2: right in on that, LLP? I'm so happy that you said those names because that's exactly what my whole thought process was when he asked the question earlier about what do we do? We have a brand-new regime, not any faces that we remember from last season. I think we may have retained one or two people, if even that, and they made a lateral move. They're not even in the same title or position that they were in. They still are familiar with the lunch special, but they are no longer a part of dealing with the menu. You can find that online. Yo, we have a new regime. September 1st, 2022, every friend, tell a friend to tell a friend, we will know exactly what we are. We will know exactly who we are because that will be the time of us prepping before we start to kick the season off for our first game. It is February. Ladies and gentlemen, February. We got a long way to go and a lot to be done. And guess what? All eyes are on these people. So LRP, I'm with you. Castica, Winky Dinky Dog, Shane, Babel.
8: I mean, Everybody. people are so embedded with talking about, and that's fine, whatever. But you have no idea what the future holds, and right. nobody's talking about these coaches. Like, yo, we got, yo, we
1: got
8: Mondale. What?
1: You know what I'm saying? Are you kidding? Uh, yeah. Again, if you're not a Giants fan, and of course I'm not, and you're on the outside looking in, you go, yeah, the names. The names are there. You look at the coaching staff of, of what you have, and then you go the players they have are not the same. I mean, the Ravens defense is light years ahead of what the Giants could ever be uh, in the years to come. And then, of course, that offense is, you know, scoring eight points a game with, you know, what they got going on over there. So uh, definitely nowhere near what, what they're so, the, those, those the the so that I So those are the things that I think a lot of people say, when I say and when other people say, look, if you're expecting a quick turnaround, Yes, the names of the people that are leading are now exponentially better than the judges and the people that came before them. Nobody's going to ever doubt that. But you've got to make sure, you know, those players are, are not, you know, we, we all can see that. We're all not, not going to sit here and debate whether or not the Giants have a better defense than the Ravens or a better offense than the Bills. No one's going to sit here and entertain that. That's not what no one's talking about those things need to be addressed. If you're not addressing those things, I think that's what I'm talking about here. Is it look. <clears throat> there's there is a history when I, were they with the Giants, no. But when Shane Shown was with the Buffalo Bills for the last 3 years, the draft has been the draft. It has been what it is. They take Josh Allen In the 2018 draft, they still take a quarterback in the 2020 draft. Why do you take a quarterback in the 2020 draft if you just got your guy two years before? So, look, there's going to be some things that happen, you know, how how are they going to go about it? Look, because the guy says Daniel Jones, we're going to work around him and kind of do that, take that with a grain of salt. He's talking about the position, not necessarily the player. You want to build around the quarterback. You just saw – His quarterback progressed when you added a Stephon Diggs, when you added multiple players on the offensive line and you helped him out. That that was named
8: by – he said his name. First off, I mean, what I was saying was in regards to what you said minutes ago, that was a response to that. Anything else, you've already repeated. You already said So, but – what I'm saying is, he yeah, did yes, say I said don't. you shouldn't think said, that next year the Giants are going to be winners
1: and you can't win the test bill. Exactly.
8: I'm, know what I'm, I know what I, I'm saying you is, you said, of course you take that with a grain of salt. We said that before as well. But... Never
1: mind. Look, I said your team's going to be losers next year, and that hurts your feelings. I get it. I'm not trying to get... Anything past that—that's where we're at. The team's not going to be a nine to ten to twelve playoff team year, regardless of what anything happens. in happening free agency—that's how I feel. So that's not a that's not a that's not a not this this team. Whether or not you want to talk about the new names and the new coaches or whatever, that just, it, it, I don't believe that's going to happen with the team set up with the way you got. You know, guys paid, what, 20 some 1000000 a year to catch zero touchdowns. Uh, you know, explosive rookies can't get a touchdown through the last week of the season. When those things are happening, we got to see progression. And just because those guys that you named except for Wink, those other guys have we'll they're able we'll to do the things that they do. So we're going to have to we'll see, see that. So. We'll yeah. see that. Exactly. I mean, I have been... What I have been towards the Giants, predictively, again, I am a very pessimistic person. A lot of think, a lot of people think when it comes to other people's teams, but uh, I've been pretty right when I have been predicting this team's outcome towards the end of the year.
8: Oh, it's easy um, to so do that. I, it's to easy that. Mm-hmm. People have been right seven years in a row for that. That's so, that's easier to say that, but. Like I said, man, we I mean I think we didn't hit all
1: the stores on this street. Yes. <clears throat> I, I I precisely agree um that is uh how we can do that. Um let's see here. Uh since uh nobody knows the future and we can't even discuss anything, does anybody want to talk draft or anything like that or can we do Hell like, yeah. We, talk that?
2: Draft. we 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 ain't done. Hell, yeah, okay. I want to talk about the draft. Because guess what? When you get a new regime, the draft is the most exciting thing in the world for you. I mean, I understand it may not be for you, right? Um, always in the playoffs. Oh, that's, that's a whole totally different right, decision. No, 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 no. Don't get interested, playboy.
1: My team built to the draft. I love the draft. I know. I know okay, well, I right, so, the then,
2: so then let's, let's talk the draft, then, if that's what we're going to talk about, because it is a lot of exciting players. And I'm talking about over 50 to 60 in the first three rounds that are very, very comparable of being starters from day one and plugging and playing and helping our team get to the place where your team is at and possibly busting your team ass. Yeah, I'm starting war right now. We, if we draft right, we on the level of – because I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be there, so I'm going to just say that. I'm, so I'm talking without Aaron Rodgers. Let me just say that. I don't know if he's going to be there, right? I don't know the future. That's what we just said. But I'm talking like he's not going to be there. If we draft right, we'll be on the level of the Green Bay Packers. If we draft right, that's what I feel. People could disagree. But I think that we – I did my roster count. I'm only talking for me again. We are 40% of a roster away from being a team that can turn it around. Three players on the offensive line, one player at the quarterback position if – He's not going to be the guy, but I'm not pissing on him and shitting on him yet because that's what's not going to happen yet with the new regime. And one or two pieces on defense from being 80% ready for war. That's how I feel. So I feel my team is 60%. I want to say it again because people like to argue. I believe my team is 60% good right now. So let's talk draft.
1: Ooh, six, six, six wins.
7: All right. Um,
1: so as um, let see here. Talk as we get into. I'm um, looking at this. Oh god, dang it. I brought the draft network up and it's being a b-word female dog right now. Um, but anyways, uh, we can look, we can talk about the draft. We can talk about the the, the players and the, and the prospects and things of that nature, um, or we can talk about. You know, necessarily five and seven uh, specifically. I mean. um, since we are been on on Giants, uh, we will specifically talk about the fifth and the seventh pick that the New York Giants own, uh, by way of their 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 amazing record and the Giant the this, this Chicago Bears record. Two top ten picks. Is it prudent for this team for whatever, is this a, a defensive draft, an offensive draft, is this offensive line, defensive line, a cornerback draft, a wide receiver draft, a quarterback draft, shakes or, or LRP or either chosen one, interrupt me. What is this draft? Now, every year we talk about, you know, this draft is this heavy, that heavy. What, in your opinion, is this draft, quote, unquote, heavy in? And when I say that, I mean – is this offensive line heavy, defensive line heavy? I'm kind of repeating myself until somebody interrupts me here. So, is there anything... All right, I got in- you. I'll jump in. To me, this draft, if you
2: look at what we all, like you just said, and that was a great question to present, my brother. This draft is trenches heavy. There's bunches of defensive linemen. There's bunches of offensive linemen. To me, there's five quarterbacks in this draft as well, but they come out every year. So we move them to the side. This is a line-heavy defensive draft. It's a defensive draft. If I can can go overall, this is a defensive draft, and it has a lot of good offensive linemen in it.
1: So I'll say this is a defensive draft. Defensive draft. Now, question. For everyone on the board, again, this is a question anybody interrupt me whenever you feel like you want to. This is a defensive draft, which I believe you're correct, and I, I, I do think that as well. But what we just witnessed, what I talked about before the year started in the Cincinnati Bengals and how much they needed to protect their quarterback, and they didn't, and that inevitably cost them a Super Bowl. Now, we thought it might cost them wins in the regular season and then missing the playoffs. However, they got their guy. So do we see teams this year utilize this draft to protect quarterbacks that they think they have? Or is this defense, defense, defense? We just watched Aaron Donald, we just watched Von Miller, we just watched them boys terrorize one of the new best up and coming quarterbacks for the greater part of the second half, tying the sack record in the Super Bowl. Now, is this a league that we see of trends or a league of what is a spur of the moment where we see without an offensive line, Bengals could not win. And we have proof, physical evidence of Jamar Chase abusing Jalen Ramsey over and over again, but is unable to get the football because that offensive line was just atrocious. On the other hand, since it is defensive heavy, I'm not saying we're going to pick an Aaron Donald or a Von Miller out of the hat here, but it's just go get a defense, build some defenses here. Let's win some championships because as much as I like to denigrate the AFC, they got all the damn quarterbacks. And if you're an AFC, you better start getting some defense to stop these motherfuckers because as much as I love my guy, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to be around that long. Drew Brees gone. Tom Brady's gone. NFC don't have very many quarterbacks. Kyler Murray already wants them. So, Defense, 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 this draft. What are we looking at, trenches? Is that, is that what we think a lot of teams are going to be harping on early rounds? We see a lot of defensive linemen and defensive tackles. Is that going to be the trend? Anybody want to talk about that? Or we think this is going to be a much ado about nothing? and offense, 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 like it has been for the last decade. Man, I got a lot of
8: defensive players coming out. You know what I mean? And, uh, dude, people have forgot about Hutchinson. I haven't seen nobody talk about Aiden.
1: But um, I think he's they're just talking saying,
8: about
1: I, I was gonna Honestly, hasn't Hutchinson just been, like, pinned into, like, one or two when people just kind of, like, was Miles Garrett a couple years ago? You just kind of, like, he's going to be there, so whoever just wants to get him is going to get him type of thing? Like, that's why they're not talking about him?
8: Now, maybe it's just solidified in the spot that, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of under the radar. And we bigger, you know, the stories that they've been having lately. So I expect this name to, you know, be right back in there as we draw across the combine. But, um, now I would agree it's a defensive heavy, especially in the first 15 picks. I can foresee mm-hmm. a lot of defensive players coming off the board. It's a lot of talent in that range.
1: So, again, you're the second one, third one with me to agree about defense. Do we think that maybe teams, because of the lack of offense, try to take these offensive players as quickly as possible so we see some maybe defensive players fall through the cracks? There, you think that could be a possibility in this year's draft?
2: No, because you know if you can build your cornerstone, around defensive players, the offensive players will be there at at some point. But if you take offensive players, the first thing these teams going to do to turn it around, you play right into their hands by giving one of them these defensive gem stars. LRP says something very profound, the first 15 picks. If the first 15 picks of the NFL team took all defensive players, each one that they needed, yo, every team in the NFL would change their defense drastically, exponentially positive. Just think about what I just said. If the first 15 teams said, you know what, we're going to abandon offense. We're just going to pick all defensive players. Yo, every team automatically just become better right there. Then you can get so, your protection and all of that.
1: So look at this. Aiden Hutchinson, Kyle Hamilton, Kevin Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, Derek Stingley Jr., Jordan Davis, Devontae Wa- Wyatt, sorry, and David Ojobu. Those are your first, I think I said nine or ten names there. Those guys are, are game changers, in your opinion? You didn't mention... You didn't mention Devin Lloyd on that? So I did a mock draft on the draft network. That's what was taking so long. It just finished up right now. And those were the top defensive names. Um, I can read them to you if you want. And I can – here, we're going to have some fun today. Jacksonville takes offensive tackle Evan Neal. Uh, Detroit takes Aiden Hutchinson. Houston takes Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. The Jets take Kavon Thibodeau, edge Oregon. The Giants, in their first of two picks, take Ikum Ikunalu, offensive tackle. I'm so sorry. I'm sure I screwed that up. Uh, Carolina takes Trevor Penning, offensive tackle. New York Giants, their second pick, take Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher. Falcons take Kenyon Green, uh, interior offensive lineman from Texas A&M. Derek Stingley Jr. goes to the Broncos. And then to round out the top ten, Charles Cross, offensive tackle. Again, you did not hear me read quarterback in that top ten once. Can we see that happening? And how does that top 10 sound to you guys?
8: No, I don't see that happening. Hell never.
1: Hell never. never
8: Kenny Pickett
2: will be up in there.
1: That's interesting. Malik Willis will be up in
8: there. Detroit is going to take the quarterback. They're not taking the And what about Houston?
2: LRP, I need you to help me on this too, brother. I don't, I don't want to over step
8: or
1: miss- real, real quick, LRP, with I think it's $35 million wrapped up in the quarterback position, you think they're going to go grab another one? Yep. They want to win, man. They... Okay. They need a lot more than a quarterback in Detroit, so I don't know if that's – I mean, I, I, I would – I don't see how you you go get Willis, any quarterback over Aiden Hutchinson makes absolutely no sense right now. It's like taking that's like taking Baker Mayfield over Miles It makes no sense. I
8: don't see how that or does Tyler Murray.
2: Any sense, all right, all right, um, LRP, I need you again. On this, what are the vibes in Houston? Does it look like, does it sound like, does it feel like they're about to ride out and grab Malik Willis up or they going to grab a QB? How does, how does that, what's the vibes out there?
8: They want him to. I mean, Mills is nice, but, and Lovey was there for, for Mills, so it's not like he's new or he wasn't in the building when they got him. But I think they'll go quarterback, too. That's where I'm at. Davis Mills is in the Daniel Jones situation. Yeah, that's that's, that's where I'm at. I think them two
2: kids get sprinkled into that right there, and them defensive guys get pushed down, and them offensive guys become available. I think the New York football giants are in one of the greatest positions that they could ever be in at number five because you can also get more draft capital. Or you can watch what's going to happen with the first three picks and only worry about somebody jumping ahead of you, taking the spot of the jet, and still be where you need to be for a player that's going to fall to you no matter what. The top four defensive players in this draft will still be able to fall to us. The top three offensive players, offensive linemen in this draft, excuse me, will be able to fall to us somehow, some way. So we are in a perfect spot.
8: Yeah, and the pick but you picked, Nacho at seven. So, what was that guy's name? Johnson Jordan what? Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine the Johnson. Corner, the corner, the
2: the the edge from Florida State.
8: Yeah. Yeah. You taking him over
2: Lloyd? E? Hmm? No, both of them my sons, but I ain't taking them over Lloyd. Mm-mm. No way! No way! It's a preference thing, LRP. That's all I'm saying. It's like having Thibodeau and Miles Garrett, right? (laughs) If you like Thibodeau that much, you go with Thibodeau because he's a young and up-and-coming. But we already seen what Miles Garrett did in the league, so it's kind of hard to even think like that. But that Lloyd, boy, yo, mm,
0: that's,
2: that's everything. That's everything. Don't get me wrong. Jermaine Johnson is the guy, but Devin Lloyd is him.
1: I just ran he another model there and it and it actually I did the one where it stops so on the the team. So I picked the Giants and, uh, again. This is just you know draft networks, the predictive one. I think this is just taking um, the consideration of the best prospect. So this would be a draft if the teams the BPA, which would be best player available. Evan Neal, uh, offensive of tackle, goes first to the Jaguars. Aiden Hutchinson, second to the Lions. Uh, Kyle Hamilton, safety, to the Texans, and then the Iquanu from nt state up at the tackle. and the giants are on the board uh with uh tavon Thibodeau, derek stingley jr jordan davis jermaine johnson david ojobu kenyon green tammy burks james jameson williams trevor penning all on the board um so look yeah again uh being that high you got the opportunity if a couple guys slip through the cracks a couple teams maybe uh, have a higher grade on a player that they think fits their system, uh, specifically maybe a Jacksonville who doesn't need a quarterback, who's got some key pieces on the defense they hone in on a wide receiver or something like that. So we don't necessarily know exactly what these teams have on their mock board, so to speak, what they're looking at. Um, but, again, with the ability of being so high in the draft, that gives uh, a team like the New York Giants this um, innate ability to hopefully Look at the teams above them. Now, look, uh, as much as um, LRP is right about quarterbacks getting picked in the top five, getting picked in the top 10 all the time, every year, uh, LRP and Shakes and E all say that. But look, this is something where we see the three top teams having quarterback issues, quote unquote. Except for Trevor Lawrence, there's no issue there. The Lions, they have a money issue. So you know, a number two overall quarterback isn't cheap, and that I think really you know kind of messes with the Lions taking the quarterback early. And I don't think it has anything to do with necessarily a player or this or that or the position. Only the position's price. You take Aiden Hudson in there too. You you solidify that defense a little more. Uh, you add him to some pieces, and I think that's something you do there. And then of course in the Texans land, I have nobody knows what the. What the fuck is going on over there? And then, of course, you got a quarterback who, for all intents and purposes, could be in the conversation for MVP every year if he could play. And Deshaun Watson. So, you know, if he come, does he come out of this clean and clear? Does he fucking you know? Does that shit get handled and he's back and playing in Houston because whatever? Do they ship him out? Do they drop him? Does he get suspended? Those things are are really crazy. And then, of course, like you said, do you believe in the Mills? That's a situation where that could go one of one of twenty two ways. They are absolutely twenty-two positions open. And obviously, you know, i talking about punter or kicker in top three, but they have a lot of positions to address and a lot of help they need all over. So we'll see what them do. And then of course the New York Jets, they got their guy in Zach listen, we know they're not going to go grab another quarterback. They probably go get some O line help. So that gives the opportunity for these top notch defensive edge rushers, you know, maybe an interior defensive lineman to fall to the Giants. If that's the case, we're looking at a, a team address a part of their team that I think whether or not, you know, we can have that argument is the best part of their team. So that's the outlook. Let's make the defense better and worry about the offense later. Is that, is that what I could – Adjust is what 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 the thought process is. E there, with these defensive players early. Let, let let let's let's build more on this defense, and then attack the offense in later rounds and possibly next year. E shakes LRP. Anybody is that?
8: I'll is
2: that, I'll will answer that
8: it, it it depends. Real quick before you do before you do, I just want to say I got to roll my phone. This about to die. So LRP.
1: LRP. Thank you, sir, for coming in.
2: Yeah, um, LRP, we have no problems in Houston. I love you, brother. I'll be joining you soon because I got a role, too, but I want to definitely get into this before I go. It's a preference thing, Joe. It's what your team needs. At this point, right, our team needs more offensive linemen than we do defensive linemen, but it does not change the fact that if that dude is there, you grab him because it changes the complexion of your defense. Now, like I said earlier, Joe, we're gonna have a chance to get three of the top defensive players in this draft hands down, no matter how you slice it. And according to the top three to four picks, we'll be able to play chess and be like, you know what, I wanna move down and grab something else up as long as we don't move too far to be to move out of position pause. For what we actually need in an offensive lineman, we have the chance to also grab one of the top three offensive linemen no matter what. So we sit in a pretty even kill position, but we need offense more than anything right now when it comes to the trenches. That line is a real issue. So for us it's offense. But for anybody else, man, they just licking their chops because them defensive guys are
4: going to fall. I think, I think as far as for me, it's like, yeah, you have your needs, but if somebody is there for you that can make an impact on your team, you got to take that guy. And that doesn't mean that you can't address that in the next round or the round after that. You see, like, when, just like for us, for example, we need offensive linemen, like, more than anything. But, like he's alluding to, if Thibodeau is there, we're going to take him run into the podium. But second, third rounds, it might be a necessity that we have to come out with an offensive lineman, you know. So it's all in, like, What you need, yeah, but that's throughout the draft. you got to make sure that you address those needs throughout the draft. But that doesn't mean that you have to first pick, smack dab, you have to address your need. No, you don't. You have to address an impactful player that is going to make a significant difference on your football team. That is who you pick with your first pick. Then you go with the necessities. Now, if that special player meets and both, then great. Mm-hmm. See, look I, again. This is this is exactly one of the interesting the topic. Does for us, but go ahead.
1: What's up? No, no. The interesting topic and is the greatest argument for all of all of the NFL fans across all thirty-two spots in the NFL draft, as player available or need. And look, there's a lot of teams. Like if you're in the top ten, you're deserving of it. It's not as if you don't have a lot of needs around at multiple positions. So, those things, I think, when we talk about top ten, top fifteen picks, usually mostly top ten, those, you know, that that argument of BPA or need, I think you just gotta throw it out the window. There's not, there's no, you need it. You're in the top ten. You fucking need it, regardless of what it is. Now. We're talking about the Cowboys of a few years ago who lose with Tony Romo, but, but outstandingly have a top four offensive line, a team roster on offense that is great, and they go chopping in the top five. Now, that's obviously they need a running back. Those are things, boom, necessity, BPA, they met, top 10. That's an anomaly. That should don't happen. So this is, to me, who's there? We need them. Go get them. These guys are rated in the top ten for absolute reason. These guys have years of film. They most likely presented themselves at pro days in a in a in a in a, in a, in a manner that has has exceeded with uh, the expectations of these teams. So they're going to be there. Look, if you're in the top ten and we're and you're still arguing over should we take the best player available or a need, you need to come to the realization that that best player available is a need because your team needs to get better. So look, whoever's there for the New York Giants, you go and get him. And and look, there will, there could be an argument, but this, I think, I think we get a little bit semantical when we talk about quarterbacks in the draft. When I say that, I mean this word that I've been talking about all day is deserving. There's not a quarterback in this draft that deserves to be taken in the top 10, point blank, period. These guys aren't fantastic quarterbacks. They're not going to be the greatest things in player. We don't got a Pat Mahomes. We don't got a Josh Allen. We don't got even a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson in this draft. I'm sorry. You watch all the film for nothing, guys. I'm sorry. this is not. So a team is going to do something that they do every year, which is reach on a quarterback, and we're going to see them fail like we've watched year in and year out, because they're going to go to a downtrodden team and put everything on their soldiers and then shoulders, and then they fail. And most of those guys end up going to secondary teams, and then we see potential, because maybe they go to a better team. Look, here's how it's going to be. This draft is right. going to be fun to talk about. There's, there's a, oh, sorry, go ahead, Texas.
4: No, I was saying, Danny, on practice squad, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, look, quarterback is a quarterback for a reason. We're going to talk about them every day, all day, because that's the most important of all important positions. So that's just how it's going to be, man. And look, <clears throat> nobody is sitting here saying that these guys are are never going to be top-inch talent in the NFL. They're never going to win Super Bowls. They're never going to be consistent in the NFL. What we're talking about is if you're a top-ten pick, man, if you're a top-three pick, a top-four pick at quarterback position, you are changing the fortunes of a franchise. And you've also put up the resume to display that. None of these QBs have. They don't got the resume. They don't got that. They got some cool highlights, and, you know, that's just the way it is. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to get denigrated. I'm going to get uh, killed on Twitter because, you know, a lot of guys spent you know hours upon hours watching all the film on these quarterbacks, and you know that that's just, that's cool. That that's absolutely awesome. I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't do the do the research on these guys, or that I don't watch them, or that I watch every minute of them. But there is just something you can see in in, in quarterbacks, and some of us just some of us just can see it. Some of us, you know, I don't want to say can't see it, I can but we we'll to see one. it.
4: That last part that you said, some of us can see
1: it, and some of us just can't. And I just can't. I can't. And with these three, with these guys, with the the Willis, and the the Levers, you want to talk about, man? Like, look, it's gonna be the way of the world. Quarterbacks are gonna get, you know, the highlight. You know, Willis, Pickett, Coral. they are all gonna get picked. They're probably gonna get picked high. I don't wish ill will on them, but hey. I could be wrong. They're about. But they're not going to be guys.
0: There ain't no <laughs>
1: they're not going <laughs> to be guys, man. I hate to say it, man. I hate to say it. Because it's like, look, the way the world works is that Bs are the end-all, be-all. And when you look at Matthew Stafford go 12 years in Detroit, win absolutely nothing in his first year in L.A., he wins something. We're going to say it's the quarterback. Like he don't have an all-star cast of wide receivers. Like you don't have one of the brightest minds, an offensive coordinator, an offensive coach. Like, look, man, Jared Goff is quite literally one of the worst quarterbacks in all the league, and he took a team to a Super Bowl. Just so we're clear, in the last five years, Aaron Rodgers has less Super Bowl appearances than Jared Goff. Just so we're clear on that. Just so people understand when we talk about these quarterbacks and praise them all and give them everything they want. You know what I mean? It 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 it's just it's just mind boggling. It's just mind boggling that oh, quarterback position still to this day is the way it is. I mean, look at Matthew Stafford, he's never been the best at the quarterback position in his thirteen years. He wins one Super Bowl and he's a Hall of Famer. If that's the case, Trent Dilfer is the Hall of Famer. Joe Flacco is the Hall of Famer. Like, what are we talking about here? So, we are in the recording. Hell, either the
4: chosen one. My bad if I'm cutting you off, Nigel. But oh, hey,
1: go ahead. ahead. What's sure, up, baby?
4: Yo, remember um, I was talking about Van Dyke, and yeah. I was calling him McDermott, and I was like, yo, yes. and you corrected me, thank you. But I was like, where the fuck did I get? Why am I saying McDermott? Like, it's a it's a reason why I'm saying McDermott. I I, I figured it out now, bro. And you're going to laugh. Why? All right. So, you know, I played Madden and everything, right? And so after a little, it was like the first time I played a franchise joint. And I got rid of Daniel Jones, and I wanted to draft a guy. And he was out of Miami. And his name was McDermott. So I was saying that that was my Vin Dyke, right? <laughs> In my head, I'm like, yo, that's my, that's, you know, McDermott is my Vin Dyke. So when I was talking about him on the show, McDermott just came to my head, and I could not remember why. And I, and I, I just figured it out. So I just wanted to share that with you. But yeah, no, that's but, why know, I was same, saying. McDermott,
2: the same yeah, my boys, way my I keep calling Jabril Peppers, Julius Peppers.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: i would be like, yo, he's not Yo, stop. Yo, I,
2: it, it's the J and the J and the Peppers, bro. If I somebody, somebody yeah. said, yeah, they twins, Jabril and Julius," you would be <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, yo, it's just the names, bro. Like, it's the J and the J and the Peppers. Uh, I got you, though. I know, I know. who you was talking about. Just like Knighton. I knew who you was talking about when you was like, yo, he's a water bug, B. Like, I, I knew who you talking about. Yeah,
4: no, um, and like I say, Dight, get that help, bro. Yeah, night no, and, yeah, he'll be and be rooster the special. Spark plug, man. I'm trying to tell you, the rooster is the man. Please look out for him and later rounds. So, a
1: uh, couple couple things we can get into before we get on up out of here. Get these closing statements in. Um, I was told the AFC got all the quarterbacks, but they haven't won a Super Bowl and. since 2018, right? Oh, no, Chiefs won in 2019. So, yeah, uh, they they got that. Um, So as much as this QB-driven league is, why is it we look at the top quarterbacks in the NFL and we have Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford in the Super Bowl? Is this now seeing a turn of the age where a team matters and you can have a franchise guy, but if you don't have a team, it don't matter? Is that what we're talking about now? Uh, and then secondly, uh, like I tried, like I tried, but like I
3: started to say,
1: why is the anointment of the Hall of Fame given to people because of one accolade, because of one run? Is, is, is that enough for people to just say you are now anointed as one of the greatest players to ever play this game? Think about that for one second. The Hall of Fame is, is is supposed to be for players that have, above and beyond, been better than everyone else in this game. When you look at Barry Sanders run the football, you say, wow, no one else could do that. When you watch Walter Payton run the football, wow, no one else could do that. When you watch Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, when you watch Jerry Rice, you look at those guys and go, at their position, number two is so far behind, it's not even worth a discussion. Not one time in his entirety of his career and even his Super Bowl run and the Super Bowl season did we look at Matthew Stafford and go, God damn, he's one of the best quarterbacks this year. Man, he is absolutely man, this is this is great. Now look, I've been on Matthew Stafford's opponent. I've watched this man struggle in Detroit while trying to do the things that Patrick Mahomes does on a weekly basis—throwing no look passes and getting touchdowns. It don't matter because the defense gives up 40 and he still loses 40 to 21. So I'm not going to sit here and be the negative Nancy and shit on Matthew Stafford because he just won the Super Bowl. God damn it, the man's got as many rings as the guy holding Hibernian wraps. So we're not going to sit here and negative Nancy, this guy. But we're not going to sit here and also do the hyperboleic response of one season is now a Hall of Fame career be made. Now, the numbers, he's outside the top ten in the yards, I believe, and uh, touchdowns and a couple other statistics throughout his career. Look, we're well, not going to sit here and tell you And Matthew Stafford is not good, and then he's a bum and all this other stuff. He is a great quarterback at times. He is a good quarterback most of the time. Hall of Fame is for guys that we can look at and say, at one point in his career, nobody was better than him. We can do that. In the Hall of Fame, you can go through the list and you can look at most of the guys, and I, I know there's some guys in there that maybe some people don't believe deserve it, but there's a the 90% of that, you look at number one, and number two during that era wasn't even close. And I think that's one of the things where uh, we, we are getting a little lost in translation, um, the insensitivity to winning. Just winning it once is enough. I mean, look. One league thinks that just making it to the championship is enough and you're anointed as the greatest of all time. We're not that league. We're not the NBA. We're the NFL. You've got to win it. You've got to continue to win it and continue to be great year in and year out. So, Hall of Fame is a, is a fickle beast, and, and it is what it is. And some people may think that, you know, you, don't, you know the, some of the names in there that went in this year don't deserve it. But I'll tell you right now, we can stop the Matthew Stafford for Hall of Fame talk. Now, he wins back-to-back Super Bowls. He throws no interceptions and wins Super Bowl MVP next year. Boom, we got, the, we got some talkings to do. We got some discussions to have. But we'll have to see if that comes. Bengals treating this loss as if, you know, they're going to be back next year. Man, the confidence, the swag that that team has is unreal. If they get an offensive line, though, I mean, we watched it. Jamar Chase running straight down the field while Jalen Ramsey's on the ground behind him multiple times, on film, and fucking Joe Burrow's got 15 white and blue, yellow helmet jerseys right in front of his face. So they fixed that offensive line. They are going to fame winning in the AFC North. I don't give a shit. They have the best quarterback in the AFC North. So we will see how that works out and how that continues to move forward. But, man, Joe Burrow is a man, he's a dude, and I can't wait to see how he, how he responds to this loss next year. Look, at Super Bowl losers I think missed the playoffs, what is it, like eight or nine out of the last like, 10, 10, 12 years. So we'll see if the Bengals can take over the Super Bowl loss and come back. We'll see if the Rams can, can try to make back-to-back Super Bowl appearances We'll also talk about a lot of the free agencies coming up. Russell Wilson wants out. You know, Brady's gone. What is Tampa going to do? James Winston back to Tampa for the discussion. What is New Orleans going to do? $71 million over the cap. No quarterback. No head coach. Holy moly, Pozzoli. Um, This is going to be an offseason to behold and to wonder. And we are going to see some teams maybe take some falls, take some games, take some leaps forward, and look. I've said it and i say it again. i say it all the time. NFL's NFL is a better place for the New York Giants to win. The show is fire when they're not. I want a fire show this year, so we're going to see what happens. We're going to see how it moves on. Shakes, Montana, closing statement, sir, for you before we get on out of here. Thank you so much for coming. I wish I could have got the LRP and Lou before they dipped out. But I love you guys for coming in. Thank you for putting up with my shit and letting me do my thing.
4: Man, no doubt, man, but um, what I'm going to say is like in the playoffs, you don't have to have a Montana, you know what I mean, but you have to have a game manager to get you by, and that's why you see the Burroughs. And not to know this is Burroughs and the Stafford's, because, you know what I mean, they Burrow is on his way to being a top quarterback in this league. Stafford has been a top quarterback in this league for mostly his career just now he finally has won something. And um so it when you get in the playoffs you just need to really just manage it and let the what you said the team. The team will win you the chip. But in order to get to the playoffs, majority more than likely, you need that franchise quarterback to get you there to that dance, okay? You need that motherfucker to get you to the dance. Then once you get into the dance, maybe you can mingle around a little bit. But you need that franchise quarterback to get you to the dance. And then last thing I'm going to say is when you win a Super Bowl, it just solidifies you as a champion, as one of the greats. Because you have done something that not many other players came into this league and has done. So if you had a marvelous career, but that ring eludes you, they will question whether you should be in that Hall of Fame. But if you have all those records, those numbers, and all those stats, and you got the ring to back it up to go with it, that solidifies you as a Hall of Famer. And that's why we're saying, welcome to the Hall of Fame, Matthew Stafford. You just did that and solidified yourself. That's all it is. Same with Andy Reid, right? We wanted to say he's one of the greatest coaches of all time, but you couldn't because he ain't had no ring. Now the fact that he has a ring, nobody will sit there and bat an eye when you do say so. Okay, so that's that. Um, great show, Nacho. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Debate Wednesdays, and, um, yeah, I'm out of here. Shakespeare, Montana.
1: Thank you, sir. E, the chosen one, sir, before George' yours, closing statement, anything you like to say before we get on out these? Closing statement mm-hmm.
2: is, man, shout-outs again to the Rams for winning
1: the Super Bowl,
2: man, um, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Jalen Ramsey, Dante Dion, a former New York Giant. Feel me? God like that. Uh-huh. You know? The Super Bowl ring. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get it in. Let's do what we does. You know? Floyd, the child, Leonard. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys put it together, man. And the same thing, to piggyback off what Sheikh said, it's the same thing that I feel about your beloved point guard in Phoenix. I think Chris Paul is a top 10 point guard hands down in this league. Some will consider him top five. He wins that ring this year. He is top five dead or alive. That's the icing some people need to just solidify their spot with gorillas. Matthew Stafford solidified his numbers, regular season-wise, always teeter-totter. But look at him now. Top of the mountain, baby. Ain't nobody could say nothing to him. He got the numbers to prove it. He got the jewelry to prove it. Ain't nothing you can say to him. Hall of Famer, first ballot, all the way. Chris Paul get a ring this year, and I'm pulling for the Phoenix Suns too because I want him to get a ring so bad. And he gets to talk with his brothers, man. The only one out of all four of the brotherhood that will not have a ring will be Carmelo. And just think, your draft class, you came in with, you formed a bond with these guys more than any bond in the NBA that I've ever seen between four guys
7: in life.
2: And all three of you guys are Hall of Famers. All four of you guys, I'm so sorry. All four of you guys are Hall of Famers and world champions, damn near, except for Carmelo Anthony. Because I don't think if he don't get one this year, he's just going to either have to go to another team that's actually going to win a ring or something like that at some point in his career. But that's all I'm saying. Be the chosen one from the Bronx. Sometimes the jewelry is what you got to have on your neck for people to see how you shine, baby. Y'all know what time it is.
1: Thank you so much and looking in. Nobody's going to debate that. The jewelry speaks for itself. I think um, what a lot of people want to talk about is that if if, if Matthew Stafford does get the, the nod with this only Super Bowl win and he plays another five years and doesn't win another Super Bowl, uh, you know, Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson, you know, Jeff Hostetler, those guys need to start banging on the door of the Hall of Fame. They deserve it too. The Hall of, of Fame. So, um, They ain't they got 2-1. the numbers that
4: Stafford got, bro.
1: They're Super
4: they ain't Bowl
1: got winners, the regular so, That's time for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we could talk about those guys being in non-passing leagues at that time and, and they're Super Bowl winners. So, I mean, if that's the criteria we're looking for, we'll kick Dan Marino out. Uh, we'll, kick, we'll kick Earl Campbell out. You know, we'll kick out the non-Super Bowl winners out and we'll just... Super Bowl winners, everyone gets a Hall of Fame vote. Um, I think that's the road we're working down. That's the road we're going down. You just got to win one and you're the greatest of all time. And, and I don't know uh, if that's the NFL I want to be in, um, but, you know, that's the way it's going to be. And the NFL Hall of Fame is the NFL Hall of Fame. it's really just that. Uh, it's a bunch of guys, you know, picking people that they like and they're friends. So I think at the end of the day, uh, maybe it really doesn't matter. <clears throat> when um, we discuss a lot of this stuff, it, it is it is interesting to talk about, accolades, and again, the word that I've said most of this day was deserving, and I know a lot of people hate that word, overuse that word, don't like to use that word, whatever it may be. Um, there was one thing this weekend that was deserving, though, and that was this man um, from Compton who spent majority of his time, if you, you've seen Straight out of Compton, you know the life story of Dr. Dre, and he was able to persevered through all the bullshit of the 90s in the music industry that happened to the, you know, black people pretty much, let's not sugarcoat it, how much they were using the views for the greater part of 60 years in the music industry. He overcame a lot of that, came out at the top end, man, and it was an amazing halftime show. I loved it as a West Coaster, as a guy maybe not from California, but grew up on nothing but the West Coast. Uh, um, well, not nothing, but you know, I love uh, I love my East Coast stuff. But you know, growing up on that sound and uh, nothing but a G thing and all the good stuff that that came out of there, the NWA it was just a a fun time and a fun and a fun watch. So I'm gonna leave you all on this one note. In um, the recorded session, we're gonna play this song and we're gonna get on out of here. I just wanted to say, man, the football season may be over, we ain't gonna stop talking shit. We got some pro days. We got some combines coming. We got HBCU pro day uh, combine coming up. We also got the draft, free agency. A certain quarterback should be saying if he's staying or going in the next couple weeks. Um, Also, Jimmy G, Carson Wentz on the trade block before March 18th. A bunch of guys, Russell Wilson, does he want to stay? Go Hawks, who knows? Man, there's going to be a lot to talk about. We're going to have a lot of stuff. And, of course, the draft discussion coming up, debate Wednesday is going to be live, I'm sure, do you want a quarterback? Do you not want a quarterback? All that good stuff. For all that, remember, don't forget about him. Especially don't forget about Dre. Y'all have a good one. Y'all have a good night. I love y'all. Y'all know me. i the same OG. But I've been low-key. Hated
6: on by most these. No deals and no jeans No wheels and no keys No boats, no snowmobiles And no keys. Mad at me Cause I can finally afford To provide my family With groceries Got a crib with a studio And a star full of tracks To add to the wall Full of plaque Hanging up in the office and back of my house Like trophy. Did y'all sure think
3: I'ma let my toe freeze? hopefully oh, please You better bow down on both knees Who do you think taught you the smoke tree? Who do you think Brought you to OD? Easy to E Ice Cube And DOC The deal double G And the group that said Wasn't doing too good. Who the doctor? said he told you to go see? Y'all been a little up close.
6: All you niggas that said that I turn pop or the fur flop. Y'all are the reason the tray ain't been getting no sleep. So fuck y'all. All of y'all, if y'all don't like me, blow me. Y'all are gonna keep fucking around me and turn me back to the old me Nowadays, everybody wanna talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out
7: when they hold the list. Just a bunch of different rates. The motherfuckers act like it's about, about rage Nowadays, everybody wanna talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they hold their list, just a bunch of different.
2: The motherfuckers acted, they forgot about trade So what do you say to somebody you hate? What? Or anyone trying to bring trouble your way? One of his all things in the blood of your way? You started to get saved Ben win your way. One day I was walking by with a walkman on when I caught a guy, give me an awkward with You look and wrangle them off in the parking lot with a parking and